0: welcome back to the lady girl podcast i'm courtney i'm cassie and we're so glad you're here you messed it up again <laughs> what? <laughs> what did i do this you one? forgot to say it, we're your lady girls i need to write it down <laughs> 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 lord okay what is this episode 14 although yes. do we i guess i probably shouldn't be saying that because who knows if we want to release them in that order by the end of the week anyway this is episode whatever (laughs) i don't think we listed the other episode i think we did anyway this is an episode and it will be coming to you (laughs) (laughs) um this is also an episode recorded while we are together in florida um and we have a really really special guest this week um There's no really weekly recap, because, I mean... Actually, we never talked about our experience at the beach. Oh, okay. Let's talk about it really quick. It rained. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, We were, like, four again. Yeah, like kids. We It was so fun. It was so fun. We just acted like little kids for what was it like a day and a half (laughs) (laughs) we really relished it the last day yeah we did we so first we got there and we sat on the beach for maybe an hour before the rain started coming in and then we brought things to make a strawberry salad for lunch that we were like oh we're gonna pack everything up because we're smarter than everybody else and we can see the rain clouds and so we went and packed uh, inside, and we're making our lunch. And we're sitting out on the porch that was like covered um, by an awning, just watching everybody like scramble off the beach because the wind was starting to come and the rain. And we had our hair wrapped in towels, eating our salad, drinking our sparkling flavored water, like living life. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, making for all these people, there's a gust of wind just come at us so fast and everything starts flying and the towels are ripped off of our heads and I'm trying to go close the gate to the beach and Cassie's scrambling to put things inside and then I just hear her yelling our salad our salad it was well I loved going out later on like the next day and seeing bits of lettuce yep just thrown across the yard yeah and then we had a mishap where we we thought we were stuck in a current oh that was the next day yep but we were fine we were fine we just we just decided to let the ocean deliver us back to shore yeah we um we woke up that morning it was very sunny and it rained and everything we had had our night that we talked about in that other episode where we danced and sang and swam in the pool and like had so much fun, but we woke up and it was so sunny. And we were like, oh my God, this is the moment. <laughs> we gotta go. Because we didn't know if we were gonna stay that day or no. if we would come back to your house earlier. But we were like, nope, it's so sunny. It's a sign we have to go out there. We go, we bring our little chairs down to the beach. We're sitting there baking in the sunshine and we're like, we gotta get in the house Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we went back up to the house and we went into my uncle's garage and we found boogie boards. And we just, we were in the ocean for like three hours. Yeah. Just, just riding kind of, the waves. And we, we were not like just body surfing in the shoreline. Like we were out in the water. Out there. Yeah, like far, while like coming in with the waves, mm-hmm. getting carried up to the sand. We were, it was so fun. Like every time we would look at the waves and we could see the good ones coming and we would catch them and turn around and man, remember that really awesome one we got—the we one were, where we had to put our feet down. It to was so crazy, guys. We were really far out, and we catch this—I mean, insane wave. Cassie and I shoot in. Also, every time we would, start, we, would we would start shooting. We our smiles were all the way across our face, and we would look at each other every time on the side because you were going in the wave and I was going in the wave, and we would just laugh, and it was so fun. And I put my feet down because our knees started to scrape on the ground because we we literally would have been in this, back like, at our chairs, yeah. and. Um, I put my feet down and, like, scraped across the sand, and Cassie, like, took a little bit longer to do it, but that was really fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, we did, though, at one point, we got hot in a little current, but it's okay. We got through it. And then, um, we also, uh, what else happened? A door. I took a door off the hinges. Yeah, you gotta take a door off the hinges. Which was really interesting uh, but we just shoved it back in and my uncle's gonna fix it and then what else yeah yeah overall we had a really really good time it was a nice relaxing day um so we also have a special guest this week and so I want to introduce her so this is one of our very best friends hello Hi. Hi guys. <laughs> Hello. Um, so this is Morgan. Morgan was my college roommate. Um, not freshman year, but sophomore and junior year. Um but we were all friends freshman. Yeah, yeah. We were all like best friends. Yeah. all of our time and Morgan's in Morgan's room freshman year. Yeah. S24 <laughs> for life. <laughs> um, and yeah. We still see each other pretty often. Um, Morgan's come and visited me in New York a few times, and we all came here to Cassie's house a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan and I booked a trip. We're going to Puerto Rico. Woo-hoo! We're going to have so much fun. Uh-huh. Um, and then Morgan's also coming to New York like a week after <laughs> Puerto Rico, and hopefully yes. Cassie will come too to New York. And we're just, you know we all love each other so nothing but trips we're doing the girl trips things yeah done a lot of traveling in 2021 it's weird we really have but i'm fully vaccinated (laughs) 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 just putting that out there i remember when you came here and you're like i'm half vaxxed you guys like you could do so much more than all of us but you really could yeah yeah uh how are you morgan I'm doing good. Uh it's been, been a since we've like actually talked though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. I've been super busy. Um, I started working and then you know, everything else that I've got going on, it's just a lot. So definitely yeah. been super busy. Mm-hmm. All right, Morgan. So we're so happy to have you on the podcast today. Um, we just kind of wanted to give everybody like a different perspective, um, kind of based on everything you've been going through in life. And I think our listeners would really like to, you know, hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess maybe we should just start out with kind of you giving a brief recap slash summary of like the major things that have led up to where you are right now, like in the last few years, since we've all known each other. So yeah, as y'all know, sophomore year, um, towards the end of sophomore year, I get a call. I was actually in my, I remember it, I was in my botany class and I got in a call that my mom was in the hospital. So I drove from I live on the coast of Mississippi, so I drove from Jackson to Mississippi, and when I got there, they told me that her she had gotten into an accident at work and her toe ended up getting infected, and the infection was super aggressive and it traveled throughout her leg. So essentially that she was going to have to have her leg amputated. So I dealt with that the summer of 2016, and I made the decision. It was a hard decision, but I made the decision to return to Millsaps my junior year, and I roomed with Courtney again. And I kind of um, tried to do back and forth, taking care of her as much as I could and trying to juggle school, but traveling three hours to take her to appointments and help her with what she needed help with just wasn't cutting it. So At the end of, I really thought about it, December, but I decided to try to finish spring semester. But at the end of junior year, I made the decision to leave Mosaps and transfer to Southern Miss on the coast and take care of my mom in a more full-time position. And so I was working part-time. I was taking care of my mom. And back then, it was just more like the physical, like her not being able to drive and whatnot. and um. I was finishing up my time at Southern in 2019, and that's when it was essentially four years later, almost to the day, it was her first amputation happened around mid-April right after Easter, and then her second amputation happened around the same time, and pretty much same story, she had fallen and her toe got infected and the infection was super aggressive, and she ended up having to have a second amputation. So graduated and college and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after college. And the beginning of June, her leg had not fully healed at that point, but it had started to reopen the incision and it got infected. And so they took her back into the hospital for a surgery to clean out the um, wound. And the Friday she was supposed to be released, she had a major stroke. So... I just graduated college, and then now I was taking care of my mother, who was now a double amputee and just had a major stroke. And her stroke wasn't necessarily, didn't have as many physical impacts, but hers had a lot of cognitive impacts. Um, after a stroke, she, you know, she didn't know her name. She didn't know where she lived. Like, you would ask her what color the sky was, and she would tell you it was purple and the grass was orange. Um, so, Yeah. So the rest of 2019, I kind of took time off from, I just finished school, but I took time off from working to try to help her. You know, I was driving her to infusion clinics every day for three months. She was bed bound for seven months. Um, And yeah, I just took care of her. And then she finally got her, both of her new prosthesis in September of 2019. And some of her cognitive abilities have returned, but not all of them. But yeah, we've just been kind of working through that since then. Yeah, so so much to mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah, that was a very short recap and I crammed a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like for us, like obviously we've been your friends helping you not I mean we haven't done much, but we've been trying to be there for you as yeah. we, as you need us and stuff like that and whatever we can. And just watching you kind of go through all of this stuff the last few years, like, you don't like to accept when we tell you this, but we're, we <laughs> hire you so much, and we think you're doing all these amazing things that, like, we could not handle if that I were I to think if that had happened to me, I couldn't have accomplished even one of the things that you have since. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to get into, just for everyone listening, kind of more of, like, what you, like the stages of things you've had to go through. Cause I know from talking to you and obviously living with you for those couple of years, like it took a lot, like it took a lot out of you too, right? Like you had to deal a lot with like mental health stuff and like figuring all of that out while also dealing with this, because this wasn't something, you know, you asked for, nor did you expect to happen. And your wife sort of, Got flipped upside down because you obviously like it's your mother so you took that on um so I guess sort of just like maybe can you talk a little bit about that like what made you decide okay I need to like leave Millsaps and go to USN. I think it was just the point that like when I was at Millsaps my junior year when I made the decision to go back you know my family had encouraged me you know, you've got to finish your education. And I was the first one in my family to go to college and graduate from college. That was something very important for my family. They wanted me to continue my education, but they had told me when I left for MillSAPS that they were going to be a little more helpful than maybe they and they didn't end up being as helpful as I needed them to be. I was having to divide myself, you know, a million different ways. And I just felt like I wasn't able to give hundred percent to everything. And it kind of started me down a path where I was—I felt very overwhelmed and I was kind of spiraling with my mental health. And my last year at Millsaps was really, really tough because, you know, I felt like I wasn't doing as well in school as I'd wanted to because of everything that was going on. And then I also felt like I wasn't able to be there for my mother as much as I needed to or wanted to. So, you know, that's when I kind of made the decision that, you know, if I was closer and I was you know she was closer by and more accessible for me that I would be able to help out and be there for what she needed, yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. um and I think like also you know watching you go through all that stuff i I think what's impressive to me is like you were even though like when times got really hard, you still recognize that like this wasn't what you wanted for your life like you were like I need to like get out of this situation so that I can deal with the things I need to deal with at home and then hopefully still like be able to major in the thing I want to major in and like do the things that I want to do you're still very like goal oriented because a lot of people I think would have like laid down and kind of given up yeah because I remember at one point Mark like correct me if I'm wrong but you were considering going into teaching which is something you never wanted to do but you thought like it was the easiest thing to, for you to do at the time? Yeah, so my junior year at Millsaps, I actually took a teaching course and I hated it so much. I hated it. It was so <laughs> bad. And, but no, I thought at the time, like, you know, this would be an easy solution for me and it would be something that I could accomplish short term and that I could, you know, get into the work field and be more financially dependable for my family, But in the end, that wasn't something that I truly had my heart on. And, you know, I, my mom's always kind of told me when I was younger, it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you're happy. So I've always kind of had the mindset of, you know, with my goals and my career decisions and stuff, I want to do something that I'm truly passionate about and I'm truly happy with. And it doesn't matter, you know, the timeline of what that, what that, you know, goal, how long it takes you to get to that goal. And I've struggled with that a lot because, you know, my friends, y'all are all so successful. And, you know, I'm not necessarily where I want to be in life yet, but I've had to just accept the fact that everybody's timeline and everybody's path takes them, you know, a different direction. And it doesn't matter, you know, if I graduate from medical school at 23 years old or 32 years old, as long as I achieve my dreams and accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish. And that's all that matters really in the end. But, um, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without my family, but more so my friends, because, you know, I have a very small family and they all have, you know, their own stuff going on. But at some times, you know, I felt like they didn't necessarily support me as much as I needed to be supported. They just said, you know, Oh, Morgan's the strong person. She can deal with it all. And I literally was just left to pick up the pieces of, what had happened by myself, but thankfully I'd had such great friends. And y'all were, I remember, I think it was my birthday, her second amputation. I'm gonna cry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> her second amputation, and Courtney was in New York, it was in 2019. And you had, I was walking into the hospital, and your brother, you had sent your brother to give me flowers and like a little cake and everything. And yeah, so yeah. I've just had such great friends that have helped me along this journey and help support me that I think, you know, having a good support system like that behind you also helps keep you motivated and helps, you know, keep, keep you pushing forward. No, definitely. And I think, you know, you always say that, which I hate Cassie hates because (laughs) yeah, we did do the thing where we graduated college and we went directly to grad school and like all that stuff. But like you have, literally done in my opinion so much more than any of have. you've done way more than we have and you're you've gone through all these different things and dealt with all this stuff and literally had to grow up way faster than you know you were supposed to and yeah. now I've seen you go from wanting to be a dentist to potentially being a teacher and seeing that like break your heart <laughs> to back to dental but then like pharmacy which I was supporting of you but that didn't make a lot of sense <laughs> the, the pharmacy just to clarify the pharmacy school thing was a very quick decision and it was also it was very similar to teaching in that it was on the coast easier. it was an easier route that would I would graduate faster I would get there faster But the more I, like, I'd finished my application, I had all my recommendation letters, I had the school emailing me telling me to submit my application, and had, I would have been done with pharmacy school, but I, at this point, like, in a year or so, but I just couldn't submit my application because it was something that I knew deep down that I wouldn't have been happy with. I remember that phone call I got from you, and you go, Courtney, I don't know if this sounds crazy, but I think I want to go to medical school. And I was like, perfect. Sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, And I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. You're like, you're going to be like, it might take a little while. And like, obviously taking the MCAT is hard and then you got to get in all these things, but it's going to happen. And you're going to be such a great doctor because you're so caring of other people. And it also really interests you like Morgan, not, I don't know a single person who reads epidemiology books for fun, except for you. (laughs) That is true. I don't know that. I don't know anybody who's like in the medical field who loves it that much. Yeah, it all is so fascinating. And essentially, to be honest, you've had to be like kind of already a doctor, like to your mom, you know, mm-hmm. you've literally had to take care of another human being for the last few years. Yeah, definitely not to the level of a physician, though, but no, definitely a, a caregiver definitely to an extent. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. And you have a, you know, way better understanding of that kind of things than we might necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And the, how medical school kind of came about really is like, I always knew that I wanted to be in the medical field for the longest time. I was really into dental school, but with dealing with my mom's infectious disease physicians he was one of the doctors that was there no matter if, like, it was a little tiny scrape that I was freaking out about. He was the doctor that was there, and, you know, he was just so amazing, and his patient care levels were what really inspired me to, like, look more into the medical field, and the more I looked into it, the more I was like, this is it. Yeah, no, and I think, I think that makes so much sense, too, and, like, I keep telling you, you're gonna have a bomb, uh, Personal statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely <laughs> unique. You don't have to worry about your application too much. That's like the hardest part is like, what am I going to write about? But you yeah. got it. You got it. But aside from like finding the motivation to go back to school, which I'm sure was like very difficult, and then also finding the motivation to continue your education, what has been probably like the biggest challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, man, there's so many. (laughs) I think for me, the biggest challenge, if I had to choose one would be learning to take time for myself. Because in this journey, I've been since 2016, I've been so focused on, you know, helping my mother have the best quality of life that she can have and, you know, live the rest of her life to the fullest that she can. But I've also realized like in the moments that caregiver burnout is a huge thing and there's times where I'm just like, I I can't do this anymore. I've got to have a break. And now that she's a little bit further along in her recovery, that's something that's more achievable. But in the beginning, when she had just gotten released from the hospital and needed 24 hour care, you know, when you're having to care for somebody for 24 hours a day, it's like, you don't have you don't have a sec. like you kind of lose yourself in caring for somebody else, if that makes sense. No, you know? it definitely makes sense. So learning how to juggle, you know, making sure that she's okay, but also making sure that I'm okay. And that's why I think this past year, because, you know, 2019 was our, everyone's 2020 was horrific, but for us, 2019 was probably one of the most horrific years that I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And, um, so 2021 is kind of Finally, getting back to normalcy. And I think that's why I've been traveling so much is because, you know, she's, I can get everything ready for her before I go. But when I get to go on like these trips and stuff, I get to like just take care of myself and just focus on myself. Yeah. And so that's kind of my way of, you know, doing that. But that's one of the biggest things is kind of juggling just, you know, what she needs, but also taking care of myself and what I need. I think that's really important because I think for a while, you know just as like from being your friend i was noticing i was like dang like morgan is has the world on her shoulders mm-hmm. and like nobody can do that forever and so i didn't want to see you you know go back into like a dark place like you might have been like maybe in college or something like that and so i thought it was really important to spend time together when possible which we've thankfully been able to do yes and I mean I'm not gonna lie you know it's not it's not always easy there are definitely you know the dark moments and the days where it gets so frustrating you're like they they happen all the time but you know you just got to keep moving forward and yeah it's kind of I think you just get like that well I don't remember what it was called I read a book about it but it's like a stewardship like you take on other people's in while aiding someone You're also taking on all of their challenges. It's like what makes the mental health field so has so much turnover, because when you're helping and caring for someone who's going through like struggles and difficulties, while you're also going through your struggles and difficulties, you kind of pick theirs up as well, because you want to lift the burden off of them or just make their lives a little bit easier, and you kind—it kind of like tacks onto you, and it gets very exhausting. And it's hard to remember to take that time because you're like, oh, "This is kind of my." It kind of is like a job almost. I mean, you feel like, yes, it's, it's your mother, and you're taking care of her, but you know, it, it's on a time schedule. You have to do it. There's no one else that's going to do it for you unless you like hire a nurse. So it gets to be like taxing on your mental health. And I think being able to realize that you have to take time, whether it's going on trips or just like driving 45 minutes down the road to New Orleans and eating lunch. <laughs> you know, you got to take We're that time for yourself. calling your friends. Yeah. yeah. I think that's been, I mean, I don't know for you, Morgan, but for me and for, I think for Cassie, like that's been a huge thing. I think we've, our friends have all reconnected a lot more over these last this like last year too mm-hmm. which has been super nice to kind of just learn more about all the things that are going on and have conversations about you know when we're feeling down or sometimes I'll blow Mo- Morgan's phone up because she hasn't talked to, talk to me, <laughs> me in a while and I'll be like "What are you okay And you will <laughs> text me be like I'm having a tough time like I'll call you when I can and I'm like okay the do not disturb the, yeah what's <laughs> going on do not disturb is so nice <laughs> my phone is on do not disturb like 95 percent of the time it's like we know worse we know because we'll call <laughs> you all day long and you might answer um but I guess my next question for you would just be like how have your friendships and relationships um changed because of like everything you've been dealing with like your friendships, your family relationships, you know, like what have you kind of noticed in those things. So, as, we'll start with family first and we'll go from kind of worst to the best situation. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen to this podcast, but it's okay. Um but no, like I said earlier, my family, we have a very small family and you know, my grandpa is um in his 80s. And at the time, my grandmother, she also has a lot of mental health issues and was in a nursing home. So he was trying to be there for her as much as possible. And I have an aunt, that's my mother's sister. And she, um at one point, we were really, really close. And we're getting back to where we were, but it's not exactly the same. But, you know, when this all happened, even though we're such a small family, we're very close and granted they were there for me, but as time went on and people realized that I was strong and that I was handling everything better than they anticipated, you know, the help started becoming less and less. And, you know, people, you know, were stop stopping coming and watching her when I had class or whatnot. And the hardest part for me was like when my family necessarily was, they were supportive But they weren't necessarily there as much as I needed them to be physically to help with her. And so that was something that I struggled with. And to be honest, I still struggle with because, you know, if they could come get her like a Saturday a week or every other week come get her on a Saturday, you know, that would at least give me a day off to kind of be able to do, you know, just have a me day or do something for myself. But we haven't really gotten to that point unless, you know, I make them feel guilty about it. So, We're still the family situation, you know, we're still a close family, but I don't know if resentment's the word, but there's there's definitely still feelings about them not being as helpful as I would have hoped and that I needed them to be slash still need them to be. But as far as the friend aspect of going through all of this, I think we were always really close as friends. Like y'all said, freshman year, we literally lived in my room all together. And we shared everything with each other. And so I think going through this and y'all being so supportive, you know, I don't think I would have, I'm not just saying this, I don't think I would have been able to do all of this without y'all because, you know, I kind of, I didn't feel abandoned by my family, but I didn't feel supported like I wanted to. And my friends, even though like Cassie was in Vermont and Courtney was in New York and everyone was all over, Amanda was in Tennessee, and everyone was all over the place, but um, y'all were all always able to make me feel supported, and like, when I had, was I so frustrated, or something happened, you know, I would send you a Snapchat of something that was going on, and y'all would be, y'all would be there to (laughs) laugh. I would get so mad, I would Morgan would out of the blue we wouldn't have heard from her for no. a while and all of a sudden we all get a snapchat that's like she's in a hospital room and yeah like, like, Morgan, what? what is going on so I I would call her and I'd yell at her every time I'd be like, Morgan how am I supposed to know <laughs> yeah we need to help you if you don't tell me you can't just send me a snapchat yeah but as as much as I'm bad at with communicating y'all have always been there for everything and I think going through this process you know I've always had a really small group of friends but like we're super close and I wouldn't change that for anything you know if literally anything happened I know any one of us would be there for each other and so I think it's in a way made my friendship stronger knowing who I can really depend on in life and yeah so yeah but I also think like maybe for someone listening you know I don't know like I obviously haven't really dealt with this scenario I think we probably all have like a family member in our life who needs a little bit more help than others and I think for me like that's my grandmother and I see my mom really stepping up in certain ways but maybe like other people not stepping up as much in her family and she gets really disappointed in that situation or you know she sometimes doesn't feel like she has a really big support system so I guess like from what you're saying, what I'm hearing is, is like the people who are willing to step up and be there for you, like even if they're not, you know, right next to you, like that's, that's just like who you have to lean on because you can't do it by yourself. You can't do no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another part of this with like, it's, y'all been such a great support system and my family's, I guess, tried to be a good support system and, you know, we could be a little better, but it's been really, sorry. <clears throat> it's been really hard. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh God, I coughed. What do I do? <laughs> just keep going, <laughs> just keep going Is this bad? No, no. it's okay. fantastic. Okay, sorry. So another really hard aspect with dealing with this has been there's. It's not really something that you know my friends nor my family can really relate to, and have like. honestly, it's not something that a lot of people in the world can generally relate to because, you know, I've joined all these support groups on Facebook and whatnot for stroke and amputee people, and they talk about their journeys and everyone's journey is just so different. But in my case, something that I struggled with was being, you know, I was really kind of, this all started I was 18, just turning 19 when this started, and now I'm 25 years old, and there wasn't many other people my age that were trying to accomplish the goals that I was trying to accomplish going through the same thing, so, like, while I would talk to you guys about it, it was just hard because there wasn't somebody that I could ask for advice about the situation or, you know, how are you dealing with this because there there wasn't really body in my shoes, so I just kind of had to take the view of I'm just going to have to make it up as I go. And that's kind of what I've done. And, you know, some things have worked out better than others, but we've made it. So I guess. What do you think, I guess, like you said you've learned, you know, that you really need to take time for yourself and all this. And I guess what if there is like (laughs) that kid out there dealing with this, who happens to listen to this podcast and like this journey's beginning for them? Like, what are some things that you would say, like, I don't know, like, what do you think they would need to hear? I think it would be more like, yeah, what would you tell them? Maybe advice to your younger self. Like, what would you oh, say yeah. to you when you were 19 and this was all starting, like, what would you say today with what you know to who you were back then? So I'm very much a person that likes to have a plan and even when i was 19 and going through this for like the very first when it all began i still had a plan of how i wanted everything to go and i think it was hard for me to accept that you know my plans that i had made for myself weren't necessarily like the timeline and the plan that i'd wanted was not necessarily going to be the path that i was going to go down and so that would be a thing would just be be okay with your plan not going the way you want it to be or you the way you want it to. But another thing would be, I'm trying to think. Oh, another thing would be that it's not always going to be, there's going to be difficult moments, but in those difficult moments, you just have to keep pushing forward because it's not always going to be that way. Cause in some of like the darker times, like I'll give you an example, for example, when they had just sent her home from her amputation, it was a few days before I graduated college and, you know, i had asked them to send her to rehab, but the financial situation wasn't working out. So long story short, she sent her home with me and I had bought a slide board from a local place and I was Googling videos on YouTube of how to use it. And I got her home and the bed that we had at the time for her, she had no legs, no prosthesis at the time that were fitting correctly. And um, it was probably one of the darkest moments because I realized when I got her upstairs that I could not get my mother from her wheelchair to her bed. And I sat there and I literally tried to move her on the sideboard for two hours and I couldn't figure it out. And I got so frustrated and so down that I ended up having to call the fire department. <laughs> and I said, this I told him I was like, this is not an emergency, but my mother has a f- brand new double amputee and I cannot get her in the bed and I need your help. And so this big old fire truck rolled up and eight of these big old bulky firemen walk up the stairs of my house and pick her little butt up and place her <laughs> right in the bed for me. And I was probably laughing because I know you so well and I can (laughs) just picture you like dealing with this. I can hear it on the phone right now. (laughs) This is not an emergency, but I just I can't get her in. I can hear it. (laughs) I was so frustrated and down in that moment. And like after that, it was probably the darkest times that I'd gone through because she was super dependent on me and I didn't anticipate how that was gonna feel. But for somebody going through a situation like this, you know. It's inevitable. There's gonna be those moments where you get so frustrated and so down. But I think looking back, it's important to know that it's not always gonna be like that. There are gonna be brighter days and there's gonna be better days. And you know, it's just hard in the moment kind of realizing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. I think that's a good note to leave people on who might be currently going through like all of that. But also You've gone through, you've changed a lot over the past five years, five years, and I'm sure, like, your mom has also changed a lot, but how has your relationship with your mother changed? Like, has it, you guys closer, or it's a completely different relationship than what you had six years ago? It's a thousand percent different. Um, so, in high school and like the beginning of college, like we were like pretty much any mother, daughter, we bickered, you know, she was always there for me, loved her to death, but you know, I just, I didn't want to be with my mom. I was ready to be independent, that kind of thing. So moving back home with her and, you know, it was a big adjustment. And especially after the stroke, our relationship dynamic has changed a lot because, you know, when she had her stroke, her cogni, her cognitive abilities. You know, some she, she's not. It's it's difficult because in some ways she's childlike, but in some ways she's back to normal. Like she's not fully back to where she used to be, and so you kind of have to approach it as, I, I don't. I know it's not good to joke about this, but I tell people that she's my grown-up toddler. Like I'm a parent to my parent, right. Yeah. And that's the relationship that we're kind of at now because I, I do everything. Like I manage, if you would think what a mother does for their toddler, you know, I manage what she eats every day. I manage her prescriptions. I manage all of her doctor visits, her physical therapy visits, her transportation, like every aspect of her life is managed like by me. And it's, it's a weird dynamic parenting your parent. And it's right now we're going through a kind of a difficult patch where she has gained some of her cognitive abilities back from the stroke but like I said she's not 100% there so right now I'm kind of in the phase of I kind of I'll equate it to like letting a toddler like kind of explore and kind of when they first learn to walk letting them explore and kind of learn how to do things she's in a stage where she wants more autonomy and she wants to be able to do more things but I'm dealing with you know how much leeway do I give her because we've had some <laughs> situations <laughs> I uh I would love for you to tell the listeners the story of, a, of the, a phone call with Morgan <laughs> she she's on video call with those ones and she goes, I just she had just finished this big test and she's like well my mom's not here yeah you were like I can't this happened. I think it I'm sorry I coughed so yeah, I think it was, I think it was last spring, spring of 2020, because I did my test at home. So we had, had to have been in quarantine. And I'm pretty sure it was my biochemistry test. So it was like a super big test. I'm pretty sure it was like a final. And I went downstairs and I remember I like made sure she had all of her breakfast and medicine. And I told her, I said, just sit here and watch TV and don't be loud. Like I'm going to be upstairs taking my test. Just don't do anything. Just stay where you are. Because I didn't want her to like burn the house down or something while I was upstairs taking my biochem time final so you know it was quiet downstairs but quiet for a different reason because when I got done with my final I walked down the stairs and she was gone (laughs) I was like like, what in the world and back in October of 2019 we had gotten her an electric wheelchair and she was using it quite often at this point point and so her electric wheelchair was gone so my first thought was oh my gosh where the heck did she go so I got in my car and I was driving around the roads and the roads where we live there's not sidewalks for a little bit so you have to actually drive like she would have to actually be on the road there's not a sidewalk that's accessible and her wheelchair goes maybe like a top speed of five to ten miles per hour it's pretty slow (laughs) pretty slow So I was driving down the roads, and all of a sudden, I find her, and I was going the opposite direction, and there was like 30 cars lined up behind her (laughs) because she was going so slow, and I ended up being able to like pull in and get behind her, and we drove 10 miles an hour for like 15 minutes to get home. Yeah, and you know, I remember just getting a video from you, <laughs> and you're in your car, literally following your mom in the wheelchair, and you're like, Mom, you need to get in the car, and she's like, no. <laughs> well, I couldn't, when I found her, I couldn't, because my car has, like, a hatchback, but it doesn't have, a tr- like, a, a pickup bed or anything to put the wheelchair in. So when I found her, I couldn't make her get in the car, because I couldn't just leave her couple grand wheelchair sitting on the road so I was like, you got to just roll it on home and I'll just be behind you. That she doesn't have, like, it doesn't have flags or lights or anything. <laughs> so I was no, riding behind her. just done this once. She's done this multiple oh, times. Oh, no. The wheelchair has been out of service for the past few months. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if I've told you guys this. Um, one of the last times she did it, she crossed a major highway, which was so dangerous. I was at work and she, I don't, I don't know. I might not have i at work, but she crossed a major highway and she'd gone to the grocery store because she wanted a snack and not a snack that I had in the house. She wanted a different snack. So she drove, she drove to the grocery store and I don't know what she had done, but she ran, like ran the rubber off of her wheelchair. I don't know if she was making it go too fast or what, but she literally drove home on a wheel that had no rubber. So, as her punishment, I told her I was ordering the wheels, but that I wasn't going to get them put on until I could trust her. And (laughs) here we are. (laughs) I remember, I remember we were driving around here, like in Florida while you were here. And there's so many people in their motorized wheelchairs that drive around in the bike lanes on like US 192, like these major highways. And I remember we were driving, and you were like, ooh, don't let my mom know about that. (laughs) I know. It's so dangerous. And the thing that's the most dangerous about here is that, like, in places like Florida, they do have a lot more, like, sidewalks and bike lanes and stuff. On the coast of Mississippi, like, sidewalks are not really very prominent. Like, you get them on a few major roads, but on, like, the more residential roads and stuff, they're not necessarily everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's very dangerous in she doesn't, she doesn't understand that's part of like, I think after the stroke, she doesn't necessarily understand like some of the consequences of her actions. So like, you know, you eat this and it does this to you, or, you know, you go do this and it could potentially end up like that, like in this situation. And so like you, she doesn't really understand that. So you kind of have to be a little more proactive in some of the activities she tries to do yeah like we laugh because like it's funny we know you and your mom but like it is it is really a dangerous thing no, 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 no I think it's hilarious and I think not too long ago another one popped up there's honestly been so many times that I've had to do stuff like that in so many stories I don't even remember all of them yeah oh lord well okay Morgan I think this has been awesome and it's been great to you know hear everything and get your perspective um is there anything you want to leave the listeners with like any last kind of like thoughts or anything um putting you on the spot (laughs) I know I'm trying to think oh another thing that I wanted to add that I I forgot to mention earlier was that you know this journey was really hard but part of something that, you know, this also kept me going was that my mom is such a positive person. And, and I think that really helped me as a caregiver and someone that, you know, had to deal with the situation, stay positive. You know, even when she had her second amputation and her stroke and whatnot, she was always like, you know, Morgan, we're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And so her positivity and the way that she was able to, keep that mindset also helped me keep going but it's definitely been a journey and i'm so thankful that i am where i am today and i wouldn't trade anything but it's definitely been a journey yeah well i guess if anyone who listens you know we would love to know if anyone is going through anything like this or If you need someone to talk to, Morgan, I'm sure, would love to talk to you. So Mm -hmm. let us know. Definitely. Um, I mean, there's no better person to get advice from if going through (laughs) becoming a parent. And that's really, I think that's going to probably be like, you know, the title of this episode is like becoming the parent to your parent. I think at some point in life, you obviously did it so much younger, but at some point in life, we're probably all going to have to do something like that. No, yeah, I, I think that's true because I had a call with my mom the other day where she has to like, she's like, I'm going to have to sit my mother down and have like a serious conversation with her and tell her she can't do certain things. I mean, because I mean, I think that's just, I've always said this, when you get older, you get younger. Yeah. You're like, you may be 65, but you're starting to act 16. Like, we need yeah. to bring you back, and you can't do all the things you used to do when you were younger. I think you get, like, a younger spirit, and you have all this energy, and you want to go and do. So I think it's it's good to hear the perspective, because I think it's something everyone is going to have to go through at some point in there. Yeah, and I just,
1: definitely agree.
0: When you are going through it, maybe think about, like, stuff you said, Morgan. Like, just remember, like, even through the hard times, like, it's not always going to be that way. and. Try to stay as positive as possible and lean on the people who you know you can because you're not, you're never in it by yourself, even when you feel like you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I've learned is like, you know, everybody's journey is different, but there are still people that are going through similar situations, even if it's not the same. So you can kind of lean on those people too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. All right, well, I think that's the episode. Um, we will see you all next Wednesday. Like always, follow our Instagram at Lady Girl Podcast. We need more followers. In Belgium, listener, I'm sure you're still not talking. So, let us know who you are. All right, thanks for listening.